This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA, December 6th, 2017, hot off of UFC 218, we got UFC Fresno this weekend, I'm sure most of the subject matter is going to be UFC 218 before we make our picks for UFC Fresno, but before we get started, I am Buju, I am Brendan, and I'm Bryce. Um, So UFC 218, we were in Detroit for the card, Uh, Max Holloway defends the title again against Jose Aldo, or defends the title for the first time. Fighting Jose Aldo again. Francis Ngannou becomes the official number one contender. Uh, fight, to the, fight of the year candidates. Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez. And Yancey Medeiros and Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Out of all that, what would you say your favorite moment was at UFC 218, Bryce? Um, I mean, obviously it was Henry Cejudo and Sergio Pettis in a race or close unanimous decision. Obviously the third fight of the year candidate from the card. Obviously, but a close second would be Francis Ngannou's demolition of the demolition man, Alistair Overeem, cocked his neck back in what is probably a knockout of the year candidate. Um, Brendan, go ahead. Me, on the other hand, I think I found almost all the fights, all the knockouts, I should say, equally as interesting, but I think the one that I found most interesting in was uh, Aldo getting knocked out by Holloway. I actually found myself jumping and cheering, so I think that would probably be my favorite. Oddly enough, I think mine was probably Yancey, the finish of Yancey Medeiros and uh, Alex Oliveira. Just the back-and-forth fight where Medeiros almost got finished a couple times and he ended up winning as the underdog. Uh, I also won money on it, so that probably helped a little yeah, bit because I accidentally helped. bet on Yancey Medeiros. <laughs> but I jumped up and kind of celebrated that one a little bit. Well, that one really reminded me a lot of uh, the Robbie Lawler-Rory uh, McDonald fight, especially the way it ended when uh, Oliveira just crumbled because of a broken nose, especially finding out that it was a broken nose. Yeah, I have... It was a, go ahead. It was just a really, really good fight. And it was a really good card, all in all. I still haven't gone back and watched anything yet. I have the prelims on my DVR. But, yeah, it was a, all around, it was a really, really fun night. When yeah, you're watching sure. it live and you don't know his nose is broken, it's weird because he stands up. And he just he just goes in defensive mode and he's just rocking like what are you doing like mm-hmm. I just happened out of nowhere it was it was crazy that's it I did watch that back that's the only fight I have watched back but everything else I still got to go um, back and watch wild um even like even the fight pass prelims when you're in the building are like the most interesting thing in the world at that moment because we yeah, showed we sure. showed up like well we got in our seats probably what 15 minutes before the card started. Yeah. And we watched every fight, so. It was really good, especially big finishes by uh, Big Pretty. Yeah, Big Pretty. Justin Willis, was that his name? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, see, he made big fans out of all three of us. He had an exciting knockout over some uh, white dude with generic MMA tattoos. Yep. And then he gave a pretty funny uh, post-fight uh, interview. Oh, yeah, cussing, swearing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot mother- of cussing, but a lot of motherfuckers because he's too damn pretty. Big, That's right. Big Pretty guy right here. That was his second UFC fight, I think. I believe so. I think that's what they said, and it was his sixth straight win. Mm. Wow. And then I can't remember what the other 
the fight after that was um, is light heavyweight, but it is it is a good fight. Well, you can check out the highlights and finishes from all the fights at UntitledMMA.com. And the UFC 218 was awesome recap and highlights post. Shameless plug, yet again. Um, but we already talked about Francis Ngannou a little bit, who it seems to be Bryce's new favorite fighter. Um, Second favorite. Favorite we, current active fighter. We probably have more content on Francis Ngannou on our website than we do anybody, I think. I think that is true. Which is weird. We've got like four posts that he's in at least. But yeah, so... It, any Francis Ngannou heads out there like Bryce, Big Frank as I call him, you can go check out all that, all that out at UntitledMMA.com. And, um, yeah, so Dana made it official that you, Ngannou will get the next uh, fight against Stipe. And after that, Stipe posted a picture of himself with the belt and just said, and still, as the caption. Ngannou replied, enjoy the belt while you can and say your farewell before your next fight, hashtag and new. So those are those two already starting up the beef a little bit before we get into official promotion time for the fight. Um, and Francis Ngannou will open as a minus 160 betting favorite over the champion Stipe Miocic, who will be plus 130 according to MMA Odds Breaker if and when that fight becomes officially official. I still think it's a little weird that Ngannou is going to be the favorite over the champion. Stipe yeah. has proved himself against a lot of the top, top, top guys. And yeah, while Ngannou just beat Overeem, the most his most impressive win before that was a very old Andre Arlovsky. So a little weird that he's gonna be the favorite, but odds don't necessarily reflect who what am I trying to say? Odds don't necessarily reflect the statistical breakdowns of the fight. It's just Vegas is trying to win money from you, so you always have to keep that in mind when you look at the odds too. Exactly. And um I also think that it's a little weird that he is already the favorite, but when you look at the way he's won his fights, I mean, also Stipe, too. He's been knocking dudes out, but the sheer ferocity of uh, Francis Ngannou's probably was put him as the favorite. And I'll be very interested to see what happens if Ngannou does get taken into the deeper waters with Stipe's wrestling, and if Stipe makes him use a little more footwork than um, uh, Ngannou's past opponents have. So, right. Very interesting fight. Probably the most intriguing fight in the heavyweight division since the Velasquez-Dos Santos trilogy, in my opinion. And I wasn't a big MMA guy then, so probably. At UFC 218, me and Bryce both went 5-2 and two on our picks. Uh, Brendan went 4-3. and three. I still lead in the standings. Overall, 105-60 and 60 on the year. Bryce is 98-67. and 67. Brendan is 91-47. and 47. <laughs> Or 91-74, and 74, I mean. I feel like you'll probably just end up winning it because we don't have a whole lot of separation. Because I'm the best. I mean, not really. I mean, who won the first one and who got third? Did I get third? Yeah. Yeah. Ours came to the last fight of the year. The last fight that we had picked. It was Johnny Hendricks against some guy, and Johnny Hendricks won. Yeah, that's what clinched it for you. Was it Hendricks and Lombard? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that fight came down to it, and this little one. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it PG. Yeah, you have anything else before we get into picks, Bryce? I mean, I'm really excited about seeing Stipe and Francis and Ganu. <laughs> that's I mean, all Bryce can think about. Yeah, that's that's about it. It I, seems I'm like big. Go ahead. I'm a big Francis and Ganu right now. It seems like they'd be able to make uh, Stipe versus uh, uh, Big Frank relatively soon. Because I doubt Ngannou has any 
injuries out of that fight, and I think Stipe's healthy, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But he hasn't been. He hasn't fought in a while, and I'm not 100 percent sure why. I feel like there's something with his contract. It's either he has one fight remaining or something, and they've been trying to renegotiate that. That's possible, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see that fight as early as late February even. Oh, I don't be, know. I don't know what the pay per view schedule looks like. I know in February, I think they're supposed to be going to Boston. I could see it being then. Yeah, that makes sense. Because as, uh, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As prestigious as the heavyweight championship should be, it is in the most prestigious belt, and that would be a good fight for like a Boston right. main event, I think. Um, and as far as title fights in general goes, that that's obviously the next one at heavyweight. Uh, Cormier is already scheduled against Uzdemir, a light heavyweight. Middleweight, it seems like GSP is going to be out for a while, so it's probably going to be Robert Whitaker as the acting champion. We'll see who he ends up defending against. And then what? Mm-hmm. Uh, welterweight, we have who's, uh, Tyron Woodley. We don't know what his fight next fight is. Because he just called out GSP at 185. Who knows what's going on with Conor McGregor in the lightweight belt. Uh, Tony Ferguson yeah. is going to be the acting champion there for a while, and it seems like... We don't really know who's next for him either. Mm-hmm. Featherweight, we have. Oh, Matt. I think next for Ferguson would be uh, the winner of Barboza and Khabib, probably. When was the last time? For, when did Ferguson fight last? I know it wasn't too long ago. Uh, he fought Kevin Lee. Was That's it right. UFC 216? Yeah, that like sounds like last month be or a so. thing. A couple months ago, so yeah, I guess he could wait until when's Khabib and Barboza? That's at the end of this month, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he could probably end up waiting for them. If, if Khabib wins, he'll end up waiting a year and a half. Um, yeah. but uh, And then when Max just defended a featherweight, so it'll be, well, yeah, it'll be a while before we see him again. Khabib it'll either be against Edgar or the winner of uh, this Saturday's fight. I think it should probably be Edgar, yeah. I think so, but, I mean, if Edgar's healthy, if not, it'll be the winner of this fight. And Bantamweight, TJ, seems like he's going to be fighting DJ for the flyweight belt. So Hopefully that happens because no other flyweight bout is interesting. I'd expect that in the springtime. Mm-hmm. And then Featherweight, Women's we have band. Cyborg fighting. Women's Featherweight, we have Cyborg fighting Holly Holm at the, at the end, of the month. end of this month. Band, Amanda Nunes is still the Bantamweight champion, right? Heck yeah. Uh, no idea when she's fighting again. No idea who her opponent would be. No. And then probably like Rocky Pennington or something because Ro- she's good, I guess. <sighs> Oof. <laughs> Rose is still gonna be out for a while, and then whoever the new women's flyweight champion is is gonna be out for a while. So. I like Nikki Montano or something yeah. like that. Nicole Montano. Who are, aka girl who's gonna lose Ioanni and Jay Checker Valentina Shevchenko. Whoever comes first. If you were the UFC, who would you give that shot to first? Uh, assuming Shevchenko and, and Jacek both won it, would you give it to Shevchenko or Ian Jacek? I give it to uh, Young Jacek first because she's a former champion, and that would because I don't know if Young Jacek could beat Shevchenko because Shevchenko seems like a natural one twenty fiver, it so she'd just be much bigger, and I don't know. I feel like they would want more uh, champions, and that'd be the best way to cause that. I do agree that I would probably give it to Ian Jacek first, but I think uh, Shevchenko winning the belt and then having Joanna as a challenger is more intriguing than the other way around. I don't, I could be crazy, but to me that just seems like the 
more interesting way to go about it. Yeah, but I I don't know. One those two are gonna fight for that belt. Yeah, I at some point for sure. Um, and we can go ahead and get into our picks for UFC Fresno this weekend. Not a terribly great card, but a few good fights here at the top, and we're only gonna pick three for this weekend. Um, first is Marlon Morais Morais. I don't know how you pronounce it. Neither do I. I've seen him fight plenty of times. Still don't know how to pronounce his name. Versus Aljamain Sterling. Marais is a minus 165 favorite. Aljamain Sterling is plus 135 as the underdog. I'm going to go with Marais in this one. Um, I do like Aljamain Sterling a lot, but he just hasn't really put together uh, any really good performances in the octagon yet. And Marais is a uh, tough veteran, so I think Sterling is going to have trouble with him this weekend. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I also have Marais. I think it's Marais against Sterling. Sterling, he's... He's put on good performances against bad fighters. Yeah. If and he's true, and it showed that he's capable of putting these good performances. But I think Marais is just too good for him at this stage in his career. I got Sterling winning as the underdog, and I do think Sterling is going to get to that top level at some point. I just don't feel like he's quite there yet. He, like you said, he has put together some good performances, but not against guys at the level of Marais. So right and. Also, on a side note, when do you think fighters go from being a prospect to a legitimate contender? Because, like, literally maybe two fights ago, Francis Ngannou was considered a prospect, and now he's getting a shot at the heavyweight title. I, and think, I think, like, with a definitive win against Marlon Marais, you could put Aljamain Sterling in that contender category, I think. I think it's you go from prospect to contender once you beat a legit contender. Like, Ngannou okay. beating Arlovsky... Maybe five, eight years ago, that would have turned him into like a real threat right away. But you still kind of had to see what he did against somebody who's been more successful against better guys recently, like Overeem has. So I think right. that's why Nganu kind of made that jump this weekend. And I think Marais is the kind of guy that could turn Sterling from prospect to contender. That makes sense. Then we have the co-main event, uh, Jason Knight, who was somebody we saw at the last event we went to. And became a fan of just like we did uh, Big Pretty Dustin Willis this weekend. So maybe big things coming for uh, Big Pretty Willis. If we have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason Knight is a minus 300 favorite versus Gabriel Benitez. Who is a plus 230 underdog. I don't believe I've seen Benitez fight. And every time I've seen Knight fight. He's put together impressive performance. He's a very exciting guy. And I think he's a guy the UFC wants to see keep moving up the rankings. And towards uh, title contention. And as a minus 300 favorite in this one, I think he wins. Yeah, and I didn't know th know this until I just looked it up, but Jason Knight is now ranked in uh, the featherweight division. I think he should And be. Gabriel Benitez is, I mean, he's pretty much a middle-of-the-road guy. I looked at his record. He's been in the UFC for a little bit with a win over, like, Clay Collard. No one really impressive, but right. I definitely see Knight winning this and winning it definitively. Yeah, we watched him fight in UFC Chicago. I think he'll win. Yeah, I think he was on. He might even been on Fight Pass prelims, just like Big Pretty Willis was when we saw him in Chicago. I could be wrong on that one, but in... all I know is he went up against a guy who had fa friends of his sitting next to us at UFC. Yeah, Chicago. he fought. Oh, I can't remember what the guy's name, but all I know is the dude lost his next fight and got cut. Whoever, yeah, whoever Jason Knight fought at UFC on Fox in Chicago last year. 
the guy, his uh, Knight's opponent's best friend was sitting in front of us in the stands. And about halfway through the fight, we realized uh, we kind of like this Jason Knight guy, and I think we want him to win. Jim Allers, Jim Allers. Jim that's, a- that's it. Yes, Allers. You got it. But yeah, so that was a wild situation there. Um, and then finally, in the main event of UFC Fresno, we have, give me a second, Cub Swanson and Brian Ortega, both minus 115. So basically, a pick em in this fight, which is rare in MMA. Um, and especially rare as the main event. Cub Swanson, obviously one of the more violent guys in MMA, let alone the featherweight division. He's had that awesome fight against Duho Choi last year. Um, I think he's put together three or four wins in a row even at this point. But um, And Brian Ortega, a nasty submission specialist who can choke you out from anywhere, as uh, Bryce broke down in his preview that you can see it on title11mma.com. I was going to plug it if you didn't. Of this main event. And... As much as I love Cub Swanson, as much as I want him to win this weekend, I just feel like this is a not a great matchup for him. And I unfortunately think Brian Ortega, and I'm not saying I don't like Brian Ortega, but I think unfortunately, as far as my fandom lies, um, Cub Swanson ends up getting submitted this weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a, uh, I really like Cub Swanson in that Juho Choi fight, just immense violence, and that's what I'm all about. I just think that this really boils down to the classic striker versus grappler situation, and Ortega is probably the best grappler in the division. And unlike like great grapplers in other divisions like Damian Maya, he has no problem striking and winning a fight on the feet if he has to. But I think he'll take it to the ground, and he's going to put uh, Swanson in some sort of submission to get the win that way. What was Eddie Alvarez won, like, hit, like the side award, like, most... Oh, the most violent man in MMA. I feel like Cubs should be, like... Cubs definitely up there. I can't disagree with that. That'd be cool if, like, they met at, like, made weight, like, met at a certain weight and fought each other. I feel yeah. like they probably... Well, they definitely could. It's 155-145. Yeah, like, so... Yeah. Uh, That'd be interesting to me. I was just, like, thinking about that. That's if Cub resigns with the UFC, because this is his last fight on his UFC contract. I hope... Cubs a guy I like to see stick around in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I think the then now that you said that I could definitely see the UFC if he does win, throwing him a title shot. To Eddie keep him around. Eddie versus Cub Swanson. Now that Brendan's gonna have me thinking about that all the time. That's an awesome fight. I <laughs> <laughs> like them standing up against each other. That would be awesome. That would be so great. I mean, I, I see a, so many fun matchups between 145 and 155 that I want to see, like Justin Gaethje against the entire UFC roster. I'm okay with any of it. Did you make your pick, Brendan? No, I got um, I got Cub Swanson. I am a fan, so I'm gonna be cheering hard for Cub Swanson. I think he wins. I may I want to predict a TKO, but I don't want to have any bias in that. So and our, it's, I'm just having winning. It's not like Ortega is strictly a ground guy either. He does have right. not, he's knocked out Clay Guida. Um, he Guida not, stinks. Yeah. I mean, What's your opinion? <laughs> he's, he's not where, bad. Where is he ranked? Guida? I don't know what he's ranked. But, I mean, Clay, Clay Guida doesn't stink, but he's, he's not a top-of-the-line guy. guy, that's for sure. But he's also... It just shows that he had, like, Ortega has some hands on him to where it isn't going to be like Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley. He right. has, like, the worst stand-up, like, watching a fight's like, what? Am Clay Guida? <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, I, well, I, somebody, I, somebody's a big fan. I just... I 
I don't know. I guess. I do think if Frankie Edgar, because right now I'm looking at the featherweight rankings, this is uh, number four Cub Swanson against number six Brian Ortega. If Frankie Edgar isn't ready for the next shot, it'll definitely, I think, definitely be the winner what's, of this fight. What's the rundown from the champion to Ortega? Uh, champion Max Holloway won. Jose Aldo, he'll probably drop because yeah, they haven't updated the rankings yet. Two, Frankie Edgar. Three, Ricardo Lamas. Four Cub Swanson, five Korean Zombie, six Ortega. Korean Zombie. He was out with an ACL. I hope, hope he's back soon. Cub Swanson versus Korean Zombie would be pretty sick, too. I, I'm 100% down for it. I want to see Chang Sung Jung against the whole roster, too. They so. just need to make a most violent title in the UFC like they used to have the hardcore championship in WWE. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> just fight for it at any time. Fight for it in a parking lot. So what happens <laughs> if you have a heavyweight and a lightweight, then? Most violent man in MMA, my if dude. It, if that lightweight is Justin Gaethje, I give him a chance. I think that's about it. Unless anybody else has anything. Like you had already said, UFC Fresno is decent. I mean, these three fights that we've picked are going to be pretty good. But and I don't know what the rest of the card is, but I there definitely is, check it there out. There are some other decent fights in there, just nothing really worth discussing. So if Cub wins, does that give him more of a less of a chance to leave? Or if he loses, does that give him more of a less of a chance to leave? <sighs> I mean, if he wins, it just kind of gives him more negotiating power. I think the UFC is crazy like Cubs wants to go to Bellator because that's such an easy sell to the hardcore fans to make. Well, yeah, yeah, it's an easy sell for the hardcore fans to make the jump um, if they're if Cubs Swanson's on a card than it is for like forty something year old Rampage Jackson. Mm-hmm. So it just seems I, like I think it's difficult. Because, I mean, like I said, I think if he wins, it does give him more negotiating power because he's a definitive number two contender behind Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. But if he loses, he might leave in order to be successful somewhere else. It's a very yeah. difficult and he's at it's the, a difficult position for him. And he's at the point of his career where he's probably ready to make some money. Yeah. So it all depends on what the UFC is ready to offer him. Doesn't Isn't the Reebok deal up like relatively soon? I feel like in the next year or two. So it seems like they, it's time to renegotiate that deal where the fighters have a little more freedom to make money outside of the Reebok. For the deal. fighters that are like Cubs Swanson, they don't make as much money as right. the Conor McGregor's of the world. The Conor McGregor's and the like, Conor McGregor's and the Ronda Rousey's of the world are going to be fine, but like secondary guys and tertiary guys and even below that are going to have a lot of problems making that extra money that they used to off of sponsorship in the UFC. And I'd like to see what the difference is from what guys, the secondary and down guys were making in the UFC before the Reebok deal and what those type of guys are making sponsorship-wise in Bellator now. I think that would be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, and I just looked it up. The Reebok deal doesn't expire until 2021. Oh, Oh, it's the TV deal that comes up soon. The Reebok deals later. Well, I don't have Hopefully. any... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I definitely... If they do negotiate with Reebok, I definitely see them getting a much better deal because UFC is definitely growing in terms of its gaining mainstream traction. Mm-hmm. But even in... They may jump shit from Reebok to jump to a bigger brand like an Under Armour Adidas if they want to keep branding themselves. I don't see them really leaving Reebok, but... I would like to see the UFC negotiate for the fighters a little more because the fighters definitely got a raw deal on um, this last contract. Especially, it, it hurts to bring in new guys 
to the promotion, like big names outside of it, like mm-hmm. big Bellator guys, because right. when you enter the UFC, you're getting what Joe Blow from a regional show is getting right. in Reebok pay. I can, like, a lot of people complain about fighter pay. The UFC has so many guys on the roster, you're not going to be able to pay everybody uh, professional athlete money. But I do think that once you go up the ranks, you should be getting paid a little more. Like, guys like Stipe shouldn't still have a day job. I, I think Stipe has a day job because he's Stipe, but to be fair. he's not the only guy above that middle-of-the-road level that's still working a day job and also fighting in the UFC. That's crazy that you're a professional athlete who could be on Fox or making money off of pay-per-views and you're still working a day job. I agree. Right. I agree. So hopefully the fighters get a better deal this time around. But outside of that, I don't have anything else. Do you, Bryce? No, sir. Brendan? No. Hit him with it, Bryce. It's a wrap.